You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I'm coming at you with a titillating reminder that pre-sales for the world's first disability-driven sex toy, the Bump and Joystick, are open right now. You can go to www.getbumpin.com. That's www.getbumpin.com. And you can pre-order your very own Bump and Joystick right now, or you can get a gift card for that deliciously disabled person in your life right now. Do it now. Go get it and be part of this amazing new innovation in sex tech. Thanks, friends. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonapussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at Clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own Clonawilly or Clonapussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone a willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to cloneawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your delectable disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, shall we? First things first, friends, I want to say Happy New Year to all my cripples, all my gimps, all my disabled friends out there. Happy 2022. Welcome to a new year. It's been a really, really tough 
two years for a lot of us, for me especially with the pandemic and a lot of my IBS stuff. I've been in and out of in and out of ERs trying to figure out what's wrong. But I'm proud to say that I'm finally on on IBS meds right now and I'm doing a lot better. But it's been a really tough two years for all of us with the pandemic. So I hope that whatever you did last night to ring in 2022, whether you stayed home because there was this uh, stay-at-home order where you live or whether you gathered with a few friends safely, if you were able to, I hope you rung in the new year and made yourself feel ready for some new challenges and some new stuff and some new resolutions. That's the word I wanted. I hope you put some new resolutions in the works that were accessible for you. So, happy new year. Happy 2022. We're entering our sixth year of the podcast. Wow. Our sixth year. In September, we'll have our sixth year anniversary. Holy wow. Thank you for sticking around. And I, I wish you all the best in 2022. Just before we get to the show, I want to let you know that I want to talk to you in 2022 on the podcast. I want to shine a bright light on your disability story so you can go in the show notes of this episode today and you can click apply to be on the show or you can email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let me know you want to be a guest and we will slot you in. I did a call on my social media a few weeks ago and we got a whole bunch of new guests who want to come on but I would really love to talk to you. So if you've been thinking about it and you've been thinking about coming on the show and wanting to do an episode, I would love to have you. I would love to have really deep conversations about disability with you. I would love to explore ableism with you. I would love to explore your disability experience, sexuality and disability. I would love to do all those things with you. If you are disabled, this show is for you. But also, if you are not disabled, this show is also for you. So if you wanted to come on the show and ask questions or confront some of your unableism that you might have or some biases you have, this show is also totally for you. So please consider being a guest. I love doing standalone shows, but I also love talking directly to you. So think about coming on. Also, as the pandemic is still raging on, everywhere, I felt that we should totally do another Quarantine and Chill series because it hasn't gone away and it's still totally affecting disabled people. So if you wanted to tell me about your experience of Quarantine and Chill as a disabled person, I would love to have you on new episodes of that show. Just write into the same email address as I said before, disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let me know that you want to be on an episode of Quarantine and Chill. I would love to have you and we should talk about this stuff because disabled people are still being adversely affected and no one is really continuing to talk about it as loudly as we need to be, so I want to start those up again. We can either do them in a minisode or you can come on for a full episode. Let me know what you think, but I would love to have you for those too. So there's a whole bunch of opportunities for you to come on the show and talk to me. I would love to have you. I also want to hear from you in that email inbox, what kind of shows draw you to this podcast? What kind of shows do you want to listen to? What kind of episodes around disability are important for you? What kind of things do you want to hear? And I would love 
to hear from you in an email what kind of things you want me to explore. This is my show, and I'm the host, so I get to, to decide what we put out. But I would, I would love to get ideas from you because it's a show for you, and I want to tackle new ground this year, and I want to tackle new ideas and bring on new shows and bring on new new things we can talk about around disability that maybe we haven't talked about before. So I would love your input in the email as to what kind of shows you want to hear. Just before I do the episode intro today, I want to give a shout out to one of our new patrons. You can get the show one day early, completely ad-free, with a special shout out from me if you sign up to be a patron at the $1 or $5 level, or you can even up you can even sign up to do a yearly amount if that works for you. You can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark to do that. And to do that today is one of our previous guests, Megan Scar, who was on recently talking about her experience with disability and quadriplegic CP and disability burnout and Grey's Anatomy. We had a great, great old episode chat just a few weeks ago. So I wanted to say, Megan... My pun for you is, you're making me feel super awesome, Megan. Thank you for supporting the show and for for being a guest, and it was really fun to chat with you. Thank you, thank you for supporting this program. And again, if you want to support the show financially, if you're able, I would really appreciate it. I use that money not only to survive as a disabled creator and to just to thrive, I also use it for new equipment and for the 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 monthly subscription to have the podcast on a server and all those things. So I really do use the money then it goes right back into the podcast and it goes into me also just trying to live as a creator. So I really appreciate it. If you're able to, that'd be great. If not, consider leaving us a review wherever you do your podcasting. Um, I just also found out that Spotify has a review section now. So I would love for you to leave us some reviews on Spotify if that's where you listen that would be really, really great. Uh, but now I've rambled enough. I've said all the things. You've heard all the ads. Let's get to the meat of the show today. For the show today, I wanted to go back to our roots. And I wanted to do a really sexy show. And one that I thought was really important. And one that I thought would be really fun for you all to listen to. So back in episode 180, I spoke to my friend Daniel Villarreal about us possibly hooking up and about us having sex and what he thought it would be like for us to have sex because he had never had sex with a disabled person like me before and I wanted to kind of explore that with him and explore what he believed it would be like and so we did a part one and we said in that episode way back that sooner than later we would do a part two but then the pandemic hit and everything stopped and he was going to come to Toronto that we, f- we recorded that in February 2020. He was going to come in April 2020. But then, of course, the pandemic derailed everything. and We had to stop our plans and rearrange things. So in November of 2021, we finally got together and we finally got to spend a weekend together. And this podcast is just the two of us recounting what it was like to have a sexy weekend together. We talk about what it was actually like having sex with me and what that felt like for him as a disabled person. We explore um, his experience with me and what that felt like. And I we talk about things like disability and what the sex was actually like and how it was 
different than what he thought it would be like, but how it was also really great, and how it was intimate and fun, and we explored some ableist stuff as well. There's a lot of things we go into in this episode, but I love doing it because it's really cool to hear from people who are not disabled what it's like for their first experience with a complex cripple like me. It's really, really important for me to understand how sexuality and disability feels like for a non-disabled partner and, you know, what I can do to make them feel good while we're having sex. And so we go over a whole lot of stuff here. It was really fun. The first episode we called, we called it, that we did together part one was Fuck Andrew Gerza. So this is Fuck Andrew Gerza with my friend Daniel Villarreal where we talk about what it's like having sex with me. I thought it was a great episode to bring it back to our roots around sex and disability and do all that. So I hope you enjoy this episode with my friend and now lover, Daniel Villarreal, right here on Disability After Dark. Daniel Villarreal, hello. Welcome back. Wow. It has been, you have not been on the show for a minute. Hello. It feels like a pandemic ago that I, I was, mean, I was here. Yeah, just about a pandemic ago. You were on episode 180 of the show, and you and I did a part one of an episode I called Fuck Andrew Gerza. Where, yes, beautifully titled. Right, wasn't it? Where we talk about the potentiality, it's a nice word, the potentiality of us fucking for the first time. And then our plan was to do like a part two some weeks later, but the world shut down. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I think I think when we first did episode 180 you and i were like we were planning on like fooling around in like just a month or something like that and then the pandemic hit and that month basically turned like two years or something um and and our the original plan if you recall was actually to do the second episode while we were face to face like it was supposed to be a like real time like oh man i'm finally here we finally got to see each other what is it like to actually meet in person but I think once we actually did meet in person, like the trip was so short, I was really only in your space for like three days that we were like, uh, let's hang out and actually like get to know each other rather than like force. We're going to fuck right now. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. The force and interaction slash interview that was would, would have undoubtedly have been like stilted and weird because like we were just trying to get to know each other. We weren't trying to be like, here's our media event world that no one's waiting for. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. I mean, and so for anybody who hasn't gone back through my extensive podcast catalog and listened to episode 180, just can you, do you want to give us a little primer of who you are and why the fuck you're on the show? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, So my name is Daniel Alexis Villarreal. That's right. Middle name. And uh, I am a journalist, a longtime uh, LGBTQ and now mainstream journalist. uh, Working for Newsweek. Ooh. uh, Ooh, fancy. Yeah. I can't remember what year it was, but I think circa 2017 or something. That's right. I I contacted uh, Andrew for uh, to interview him uh, for a talk I was giving at Creating Change, the National Summit on LGBTQ Equality, uh, about creating healing and inclusive sex spaces. And I just talked to Andrew because uh, you know he had organized quite possibly the world's only. Uh, disabled orgy uh, deliciously disabled way back when um, and so you know I was just uh, you know <clears throat> probing him for information wow. and uh, uh, after we got done with the professional part uh, soon after we started sexting um, 
you know, he he was adorable. That's uh, sort of how queer men say hello to each other. And if you really like each other, they're like after like, you know, any professional stuff, we you kind of like, so I think you're cute. Can I see your dick? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of show me, show me yours. I'll show you mine. Uh, you know, and it's just informal and friendly. I mean, it, you know, sometimes it doesn't turn anything. Sometimes it's just like, hey, nice, nice dick. Take care. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but in this case, we were I I think it was that I really, really liked and respected the work that Andrew was doing. Plus, he's adorable. Plus, if you've never seen his wiener, whoo! Um, I mean, it's if anyone listening, and if you are listening, mom, sorry, don't listen now. Uh, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty, I, I, I I tell my friends you got a dick like a fire hydrant. Uh, it's like it's uh yeah, it's pretty. And great. I did not disappoint. As no, as it was. Know. It was it was good times, um, uh, but but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, long story short, uh, we began talking uh, about the prospect of fooling around, uh, and uh, we basically were like, "Yeah, let's let's figure out some time to do it." Uh, but we had been talking for years about it for one reason or another that are really boring to go into. Uh, and then once we actually seemed like we could go through with it, a uh, pandemic hit, uh, and so I, I want to be clear that while Andrew and I spent the last several years talking a lot about having sex with each other uh we also became friends during that time we were talking pretty much every time i walked my dog we were yeah pretty much every day yeah for a while it was almost every day but then recently it's kind of turned into more like once a week or like once every two weeks or whatever um just because you know winter depression and covid stress are real and life yeah and life yeah anyway uh but that's basically who i am and why i'm here so uh mid-november of 2021 I actually went up to Toronto. Uh, you know, the borders were finally reopened. I think sometime in April or something or August. I can't remember when, but the border between the United States. It was States actually September. Yeah, September. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. and Canada was open. Uh, you know, Andrew and I had said that you know soon after it was open that we would we would get the meeting going because uh, for a long time we were just kind of in ignorant despair where it was like and oh, like it, fantasy land of like yeah we'll do all these things and like it, it, I think it was troubling for well not troubling but it was frustrating. For both of us, I think, because like we were saying all these things we want to do, but had no frame of reference for how it would actually be because we couldn't do anything. And that was really hard. Right. I mean, we would just kind of make jokes like one day we will touch in the future in the year 2483 Omicron 5A on the yeah, planet when, X, yeah. you know, um, oh and I God. think it was particularly frustrating for you because, uh, you know, because I, I'm able-bodied uh, and and I was able to. I, I I was still sleeping around with some people uh, during the pandemic, kind of you know like. Good like, yeah. for you, being the yeah, true uh, slut that you are. Yeah, but uh, but 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 Andrew uh, wasn't wasn't able. Uh, you know, I mean, like uh, he lives in a different living situation. He's you know kind of uh, his disability makes him. I, I don't know if you would say immune compromised, but like immune compromised. I don't know what word you just said there, but that's. <laughs> I have an English to... major, god damn it. Uh, and exactly my point. You meant to say immunocompromised. Um yes, I am. Like, yeah, yes. Okay, you are. yeah. And so and so, you know, the the the, the risks were a little bit different for him. Um uh, anyway, uh, and so I felt particularly bad for you, Andrew, because you know, like you were kind of, I think, touch starved outside of kind of your your caretakers and like your access to sex. I think some, you said some of your sex workers were on hiatus as well because you couldn't kind of guarantee that they weren't, you know, fooling around with others that might potentially expose you. Yeah, I mean, and, and my sex workers and I had big conversations about like we want to see each other, but it's just isn't safe. Right. And it, like even now on this recording, it's like what beginning of December and the numbers in Ontario are rising again. Mm. So we're, we're, you know, I might have to have those conversations soon again of like, 
mm, how do we feel about this? Do we feel safe? Like it's so yeah. But you know, when you that I think with you and I, that's why back in February of 2020 we recorded that like fuck Andrew Gers of part one, because we wanted to like explore the idea of us fucking and the idea of us like doing that and, and having that intimacy. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um Anyway, so yeah, so that's kind of how all of this started. Uh, and so, like I said, during uh, mid-November, I actually got out there. Uh, it was three days uh, we basically got to spend. Um, it was supposed to be four, but I screwed up and didn't get a negative COVID test on my way out there. So when I got to the airport, they were like, where's your negative COVID test? And I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> and they were like, there's a pandemic going. Have you heard about the pandemic? Yeah, I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I had, I had prepped everything for you to come that day you missed up and I'm inside for a minute I was like fuck off really no way yeah Andrew, Andrew actually had planned out this really really sweet like he was going to get transported to the airport and he was going to meet me at like you know the, the exit gate and- I was going to do the whole super romantic like I'm here for you moment and then you you ruined it so yeah, yeah. I know it was, it was going to be totally cinematic and I totally crapped all over it with my uh, lack of planning uh, but anyway, I was able to get an expensive $165 COVID test and to get on the plane the very next day, the exact same time and whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I hoofed it over to Andrews. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we had talked about that so much. And we like, like you and I would phone each other and be like, I'm going to fuck your throat. And we, we were, you know, we were pretty like direct about the fantasy of what we're going to do. Mm. So when I'm curious from your point of view, when you finally like did when we finally did meet each other let's talk about what that was like yeah uh so uh to backtrack a tiny bit i mean andrew was right we had kind of i think we really really got off on the fantasy and we kind of you know really built it up where it was like we're gonna do all the things you know it's like we're gonna you know fuck each other's mouths and you know we're gonna put it in andrew's butt and andrew's gonna put it in my butt and you know we're gonna you know, long and sweaty and blah 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 um, but the other thing that Andrew was really good about, uh, before I even got there was saying, Hey, like if you get here and either one of us feels, you know, like the, the vibe is off or there are things that we don't want to do or that we're uncomfortable or whatever, that neither one of us wants to feel pressured, uh, wants to pressure the other. Uh, and so, you know, you were really good about being like, whatever we do when we get here is fine. Yes. I want to have sex, you know, but if you get here and you kind of realize that, you know, maybe you're not feeling it you know, that's okay. Um, and, and I, and I really appreciated that because, you know, uh, I think, I think a lot of gay men kind of know that like the sexy talk you have before you actually meet up is sort of a fantasy. And then, you know, the reality is going to be limited by, you know, just any number of how much time you have, whether you're douched out, whether you're able to get hard, whether you're in the mood, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so that really, so soon after I walked through the door, um, you know, I think two things is one, I was sort of like, Oh, Andrew lives like in a cozy place. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got like a nice kitchen and like, he's got a you know, living room. Uh, what nice kitchen are you referring to that? Like really I, tiny hole where they put a, where they put a stove and then, and there we go. Like that's I, I don't you have a dishwasher? Uh, no, I dream of having a dishwasher. I do oh, not I have, have one. one. Okay. Well, look, I remember it maybe as nicer than it was, but, um, you have a spacious bathroom. Uh, uh, you know, you, you do girl. I mean, I mean, I I think it's different for me as like a wheelchair user, like and a power chair user. My chair is so big that when I go in that space, I'm like, Oh fuck, it's tiny. I mean, I, I I could do like pirouettes and like dance and like perform in your bathroom. Like compared to mine, I I, like my bathroom is like the size of a checkerboard and like yours is like, yours is much vaster than that. Anyway, 
well, I mean, that tells you also the difference between like able-bodied and, and non or able-bodied and disabled people because like you see it as a lot of room and I go in that space and like it is the tiniest space in the world. I mean, if, if, if you if you ever visited my place and like had to use a restroom, it'd be like, I'm sorry, you can't. You really can't. That's uh, why diapers are great. Uh, you know, but but what I mean to say is, is that, um, uh, you know, you, you've got this like, you know, large uh, kind of adjustable, like kind of hospital-esque bed, which was, you know, super comfy, uh, you know, and so like, it was, it was, it was a nice little pad, a, a tiny bit cozy. The living room is kind of, there's a large table with, you know, all this computer stuff, uh, you know, and kind of, you know, feeding table, uh, kind of ro rolling table all set up. And so, you know, cozy, uh, but nice, uh, a lot of natural sunlight, um, you know, decent view of kind of the street. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that was one of the first things I noticed is I was like, oh, you know, kind of nice place. Um, and then, uh, I feel like we kind of just got along fine. If I, if I remember correctly, I was dog tired because I had a red eye uh, flight. And so I'm pretty sure when I got there, like we chatted for a bit, maybe had like a tiny bit of lunch. But after that, I was like, girl, I, I need to sleep. And like, I'm not even all I remember is like you, uh, we hugged each other and we said hello. And then you're like, I'm just going to conk out, which I kind of liked because I, again, I was so worried about got to make it good, got to make it sexy, got to make it be hot. And so when we just, both of us just stopped and said, like, let's just hang out. You'll be over there. I'll be at my computer doing shit. And like, it's all fine. That was, I liked that a lot because it put, took a lot of the pressure off of me. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I actually recorded the first 30 minutes of us chatting together. Um, just because I, I, you know, I was hoping it was going to be like a, you know, revelatory, like the sort of thing you hear on like this American life or some crap and that you would pay, you would play during, you know, this broadcast, you would be, you know, be like, oh, when they first met, I can send you the audio file, but like, I've listened to it. It's nothing spectacular. It's I mean, literally, it's literally <laughs> just like, oh, nice place. You know, give me the tour. What's going on? First of all, I feel extra violated. Why? Would Good. I yeah. Informed? I definitely didn't get your consent. Yeah. I, well, I was like, willful consent. No, but also like, like. You know, I was really nervous having you there because, again, for the last four years up until that point, you had been a voice on the phone or someone on the screen. And then, like, now you're in my house. And so I was super nervous because I also was like, this guy is able bodied. He's never fucked a disabled person like me before. I had all of this pressure to, like, I have to make this go amazing. I have to, like, and I was, so I was for the first, like, for the first hour or two you were in my house I was very nervous of you even though like I knew you and we were comfortable I was I was inside my own head super nervous see that's that's so astounding to hear because and, and may, maybe it's just because I was drowsy or maybe it's because you know like we were talking for maybe about like 30 minutes or an hour before I went to sleep but like I you didn't seem nervous I mean I I, I hear that a lot about you know how how we look on the outside never really matches you know what we're kind of experiencing on the inside but like I didn't get that sense from you. I got it. it. It seemed very casual and very easy with you. Like, it seemed like it was just like, oh, hey, you finally made it, you know, welcome here. And so you may have felt that way, but like, you didn't seem like you were like, ah, you know, I well, mean, that's good. Cause deep inside, I was like, like everything I said to you was super calculated. And I was like, I like, it seemed easy, but inside I was like, gotta say the right thing. Don't fuck the shit up. Let us I mean, but I mean, don't you think that people are kind of like that a little bit to a degree when they're first meeting anyway, like everyone's kind of on their best behavior and like everyone's like polite and civil and it's kind of like, you know, glad handy chat, like rather than like anything too deep or like. You know. Oh, yeah, no, totally. But in my mind, I was also running the scenario of like, oh, my God, he's looking at my disabled. He, like he sees me in my wheelchair now. This is what it is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Like there was so much stuff in the back of my head that was that I didn't communicate to you because I was scared so 
what did it, when you like other than our other other than our like cursory hello chat what did you let me pull up my proper question what when you finally when we finally met each other what was it like for you seeing my disabled body for the first time well so i mean i think i think this question kind of has like two two parts is is one like there was just the you know physically meeting you seeing you kind of navigate in the chair and all that and then there was actually you know when we got naked uh and so those are two separate things i i think foremost like and we talked about this but i may be a little bit different from maybe other guys that you chat with on scruff or kind of the average gay guy and that like i came from like a medical family like my mom used to work in a nursing home uh you know my parents you know worked in hospitals for most of my life uh i worked at a ymca you know that had a lot of kind of you know um, elderly folks and some disabled folks, you know, using walkers or canes or, you know, the occasional chair. Uh, and so I, I think I kind of was comfortable or more comfortable or more knowledgeable about, you know, what disability might look like. I think if you add to that, the fact that, you know, previous to meeting as we we're getting to know each other through those years on the phone, like you were pretty clear about like, this is what my daily life is like. Here's what my schedule's like. I need people to, you know, help me do this and that. Um, I need people to, you know, help me help feed me. I might need you to help feed me. I might have limited mobility. I can't really, you know, like grab things with my hands the same way that other people do. Um, and so I was really, really pretty informed. I mean, you, you, you showed me a documentary, uh, you know, about you that kind of showed you, you know, using your chair, you had showed me two, uh, you know, uh, videos of you having sex that gave me an idea of, you know, like what, what sex might look like with you. Uh, and so I felt like I was, so when I first laid eyes on you, like, you know, I mean, I wasn't like, oh my God, he's really disabled. Like I, I knew that that was kind of the selling point. Um, and, and it was premeditated. Uh, uh, I, I think the only thing that kind of struck me as a surprise is once we actually started fooling around uh, and for those out there in, uh, you know, radio land or podcast world or whatever, um, Andrew and I actually spent a great deal of our time just watching horror movies and we'll, we'll get to that more in depth oh it's like, coming yeah yeah but um uh in short you know we, i was eating uh you know uh some some edibles uh that i got and uh you know uh, cannabis edibles and so i was getting a little high while we we're watching these films or whatever and andrew and i would you know kind of undo each other's pants and you know uh, start you know giving each other hand or you know playing with each other's cocks and like kissing or whatever um and at some point you know i was like oh i can kind of straddle andrew but like the chair is unwieldy uh, and it's, it seems like heavy. It seems like a heavy fucking chair. Like I was sort of like, if I straddle you and you fall over, not only am I worried about injuring you in that regard, but I was like, but I don't know how much this chair weighs. Like, and it, it, I just, I think you told me that and I laughed at you. I was like, just get on there and go. Yeah. I wasn't gonna, uh, and I don't think I ever actually did. No, uh, but I a hundred percent laughed at you. Cause I was like, yeah, that, cause I, that chair, I bet it weighs like 300 pounds or some shit. Like it's 300 pounds and like it can, it can hold up to like 600 pounds. So wait, does it literally weigh 300 pounds? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, so, so they're falling down, like, I don't know, my kind of riderly body and arms would may not have been able to pick. You definitely would have needed to call a care assistant to be like, or 911 or, or, you know, a paramedic, which could have made our visit even more fun. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, that, that was kind of the only thing that, that I sort of, I sort of, you know, was like, huh. Um, I, I will say that, that I wasn't, so I was talking to a friend after I got back and uh, I noted that I didn't really observe when your caretakers were tending to you, like getting you in and out of bed, 
um, you know, uh, showering you, using the restroom. I think part of it's like, I didn't want to gawk at you. I didn't want to be all like, oh, I'm here for an anthropological thing. And I'm going to yeah. other Andrew by looking at him while he takes a dump. You know, like I didn't want to, I mean, A, it, it's not the sexiest part of the day. Uh, but B, I was also kind of like, uh, you're not a tourist, man. Like you're not here to like gawk at your friend. And I, uh, you know, I sort of appreciated that because I was like, and I liked having the separation between the caregiver, the caregivers and you. I don't have a lot of guys over, big surprise. But so like you were one of the few guys that I was like, cool, come stay the night. So like, and it never usually happens. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed having the separation because when they were here, I could slip off sexy fuck Andrew Gerza mode and turn into like, okay, I have to be, I have to be, I have to do my job now, go pee and do what I have to do. And then when they leave, I can do that again. And it was nice to have that separation also because it didn't put any expectation on you that like you were going to show up and I'd be like, guess what? I cancel all my care. <laughs> like you have to do it all now. Like, right. It made it so that I could still have the autonomy of what I needed to do. And right. you, and I planned it out that way so that you wouldn't be in a situation where I would expect that you'd do anything. Right. Right. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think that kind of took some, pressure off me too, because, you know, having never been in the situation, I was sort of like, how much am I going to have to help? And Andrew had reassured me that, you know, it, the, the care assistants will take care of most of it. Um, but, you know, there was still kind of the worry, you know, oh, what if something comes up or what if there's an accident or whatever? Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the first half of it. I think the second half, like I said, um, was more kind of when we went to bed, uh, you know, the, the nights that we spent together. So, um, talk a little bit about like kind of your sleeping arrangement. So like I said, he's got this big comfy kind of, you know, like posturepedic kind of hospital adjustable bed. Um, First of all, it's from Amazon. It's from Amazon. Okay. Got it for 1200. It's not a hospital bed. Fuck you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's definitely not a hospital bed. I, I mean, by hospital bed, I just mean like, it's like got like, it, it's like adjustable. That's all I really meant. Having like, slept in several real hospital beds. Okay. I've never, what I have is certainly not a hospital bed, but yes, okay, sorry. It's been a while since I've been in a hospital and I've never slept in a hospital bed. So I didn't mean to uh, uh, medicalize. I'm half life. kidding, but it's yeah, an Amazon find. Okay, great. Uh, anyway. So is that Andrew is um, placed naked in the bed, except for a t-shirt on his side. Uh, so his uh, left side kind of, uh, you know, facing outward into the bedroom. Uh, on the left, on the on the right side of his bed, and um, there are pillows kind of stuffed. I think like a couple between your legs to kind of keep your thighs separated, uh, and then um, some behind your back. I think to kind of help support you so that you stay on your side. Is that is that about right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So the I think two things. Um. Is one. Uh, I I didn't strike me. I didn't really kind of think about it, and I hadn't. I'd only watched both of your kind of pornos once. Um, that like you were going to be in a seated position kind of in bed that like you kind of maintained like the chair position kind of with your knees bent, uh, you know, at the waist and, you know, kind of down and that it was like, oh, like he's kind of in this, you know, side sleep position. Um, and that's a position you're put into bed, period. Uh, and so if I had watched the pornos, maybe I had could have figured out more like, oh, okay, well, here's how we adjust from the side sleeper position to something that's more on your back so that I can, you know, kind of have more access the different parts of your body but like i was sort of worried about like touching or moving you whatever because i was sort of like i don't really I've, ne- I've never really had to do that for another you know lover yeah uh, and so that was something that i was like i think i was kind of ginger around in fact i didn't really move you around much at all um during our nights together i was and i was, I was also kind of nervous about like 
putting that on you, which is why like I didn't ask to be moved, and I didn't like I I think I did once or twice when we like when we were actually sleeping. I'd be like, hey, can you just roll me this way a little bit? But like, I did. I don't think I asked you for a lot either because I was like, I don't want it to be weird, and I don't want it to become an attendant care thing. So I just didn't. Well, you know, and so it's so interesting to me because I mean, something that I think that the disability or, or your living situation and kind of the schedule did would be like, you know, with, with an able-bodied guy, like, it's like, ah, you want to go into bed, you know, we can, we can jump in and out of bed throughout the day, uh, you know, on the couch as much as we want to, but with, with you, you have a set bedtime where you're actually in the bed. And so like, if we were going to do anything in the bed, I think, I know that you told me you were like, oh, I can teach you how to use the pulley system and kind of, you know, get me in and on my chair or whatever. Uh, but you know, I was kind of nervous about it and I was sort of like, oh, I like, to be honest, I was like, I don't really want to do it. Like, what if I'm not good at it or what if it takes forever or what if it like, you know, kind of takes me out of the headspace and, and, yeah. and maybe, maybe that's something for next time, you know, that we, you know, that, that we actually try to do that. Uh, so that, cause we didn't really get a lot of conscious awake time in bed. Usually by the time we got in at like 10 30, like it had been a long day. You had been up since seven 30. I had been eating weed edibles and like junk food. Uh, you know, we had been watching you know, a ton of horror movies and, you know, while fooling around. Um, and so, you know, we maybe had like a couple hours, you know, of awake kind of, you know, fondly mess around time. But I mean, I think both you and I were kind of tired usually by that point. Yeah. And I mean, I, I definitely could have said to you like, Hey, want to go to want to transfer me in bed or want to get want me to transfer myself or get someone to transfer me. And I'll, I could have done that, but I also was really nervous. And I was like, if I stay in my chair, then I'm as independent as I can be in my chair. Mm. And I, then he, that I, then he doesn't have to do anything for me and I can be, I can move around. I can go get stuff. I, I'll be like, it'll be easier if I just stay in my chair. And I want, like, I really wanted to do some afternoon sex stuff, but also because of my IBS and like other fun things that I deal with, I was like, it's just safer right now. It feels more comfy if I just stay here. Well, and and so yeah, and 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 we'll get more into kind of what the actual sex was like in a bit. But I, I think I think kind of the last thing is uh, that. Uh, looking at your body i'd seen it before in photos and i'd seen it like i said in those in, the, in, those, in the sex films uh but i um the sex films i don't the know what hot, do you call them pornos the hot porn that i shot okay yeah so the pornograph the high quality the pornograph uh, pornograph <laughs> that you uh <laughs> that you created i forgot how what, what a fucking nerd you are the pornograph i created yes yes yeah yeah i mean the pornographs uh, anyway so um is uh uh so Andrew's got like a really nice ass uh on like two like kind of like skinny legs, um and I, I have a couple friends who are like that you know like where they skip leg day but they have like this like huge rump. Listen, um, I've skipped leg day my whole fucking life, man. So I know, yeah, and so I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to body shame you. I'm just trying to say that it's like it's a, it's a specific type of body, um and so like I I think that combined with kind of being in the seated position in bed, um. And, and the new mobility, like that was all new to me. Um, and I think in the back of my head, yeah, I did have some kind of nerves around it where it was like, oh, am I going to like break him or make him feel awkward or like, you know, like, is it okay that I'm like touching him this way? Like, you know, um, the bed kind of seemed like a safe space and like, you know, you kind of, you know, in the I don't want to say fetal position, but like you and like, that know, is the of, position I was in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, like anybody with <sighs> complex cerebral palsy knows the position that we're talking about. So it's when you're on your left side and you you're in the, you're in the contracture position where your knees 
are in the seated position and you can't move your knees because you've been in your wheelchair all day. So there is no moving of your knees. You're basically bent at a 90 degree angle your whole fucking life. And then somebody just rolls you like a, like some dead weight. Anybody with complex CP knows exactly what I'm talking about. That's the position that I was in. Well, and, and, and so for me, like the thing is, is I only ever see that position when someone is in like kind of angelic childlike sleep um, or they're in pain and, and kind of want to be left alone, like kind of going through something like it's, you know, like I'm going to go in my bed and curl in the fetal position now, you know, I'm going to go and reckon with my life choices and, you know, <laughs> kind of quietly cry. Um, and so like, I think kind of unbeknownst to me, kind of psychologically, like I was sort of like, it, 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 it felt a little bit like I was like, oh, am I going to be disturbing him? Like it, like it, it, he's actually comfortable. Like it, it felt kind of weird or unorthodox or something to kind of move around and sexually engage someone in the fetal position because I've learned that it's not a position that indicates I want to fuck, you know, like who gets in the fetal position when they're like, let's do it, you know, like, like me, most, apparently, I mean, yes, you, yes, you, I mean, that's precisely it. And, and that took some, some, that, that takes some uh, kind of reprogramming in my head uh, to be like, oh yeah, like this is actually just part of, of the navigation, but it was one that I kind of didn't expect to be set back by. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, when we when we got in bed that first night, like I was, and we'll get we can get into this a bit later. I didn't I didn't initiate a lot of stuff because I think I was so like I have talked about wanting boys to sleep over at my house forever, and it's something that I have wanted to do since I was seventeen because I'm a huge faggot and I like sex with boys, um, <laughs> but I never got to do that. So like it's very rare that I have another guy that I am not paying like come over and want to spend the night so i was extremely nervous so mm-hmm. like when when i was lying in the fetal position with the pillows stacked everywhere i could have said suck my dick now daniel let's get this on but i was so i don't know it was just like i don't want to i don't want my disability to get in the way here so if i just stayed this way maybe he'll initiate and then i don't have to do anything well, and I want to be clear, you did tell me to suck your dick when we were in bed, so that actually happened. I mean, uh, I, I 100% did, and it was amazing. Um, um, but but, but yeah, I, 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 I can understand so kind of how we met there. And also, I, I think we would be derelict if we didn't uh, mention that as I was showering and getting ready for bed the first night, uh, I oh, saw no! sort of paper <laughs> gauze or something that like I later found out was covered with iodine, but at the time being, I thought might actually be covered in blood. Um, Andrew has told me a couple times, and I don't know if this is too personal for your podcast, but here we oh, go. Oh, just go on. Yeah, yeah. is um th- basically that he that he's cathetered, that he's cathetered. So you know, yeah, no, they know. I, I've had a whole episode about how I go well, pee. It's fine. And 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 so and so sometimes the catheter injures him, and there's blood. And so all I could think of looking at this kind of you know crusty shower bandage slash tape was, oh my god, it's dick blood. There was dick trauma earlier today, right? Here. Trauma. And now like I'm gonna go and try to engage with like his traumatized wiener, and like and here and like it was just like there in the shower while I was showering, and I was just sort of like I couldn't tell how old it was. It totally looked like blood, and so I was just like Andrew's wiener is is like got got like injured earlier today, and like now if he gets hard or like if I start fooling around he's going to get injured maybe it's going to spurt blood like I don't know like my, my kind of mind kind of ran off with me and also I, you know, your mind probably ran, ran away with you because before we got into bed we watched a bunch of horror movies where blood did actually spurt out of people girl, so yeah like, I can understand how like the, it, it becomes a thing right away we were watching Halloween Kills that was one of the many horrible Halloween films that we watched uh, and like the kills in that movie are fucking brutal. There's so much blood spurting. So I, I, 
fully understand how when you saw that piece of gauze that my attendant care worker carelessly left in the shower, you were like, oh, no, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, so, like, Andrew's in his bedroom while I'm taking the shower, and I guess he has, like, this kind of, like, sonar bat-like hearing because, like, I literally just found the, 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 the tape or whatever and was like, oh. And Andrew was like, what? What is it? What's going on? <laughs> and, and I was like, nothing, man, nothing. Uh, and then when I got into bed, he was like, what, what was the noise? Did anything happen? <laughs> and so I was like, I, and I explained it to him. And he was like, oh, like, I'm really sorry you had to see that. I was man. so upset because I was like, fuck. I've done everything I can do to make sure this guy is not scared away by disability stuff. And then a wayward piece of gauze with some iodine is in my shower. Shit. Well, you know, I also, I also want to say, man, that kind of yet again, well, well, I get that, like, there's, like, internalized ableism and this kind of fear of, you know, like, oh, there's going to be some part of my disability that, like, turns Daniel off, is that, like, the bathroom slash a person's living situation is, like, an enchanted forest of shit that can, like, turn you off of a person, whether you have a disability or not, like, like from, like, you know, the mind Kampf on someone's bookshelf to like please the, tell me you've been at a guy's house when you found the mind comp thing. girl if i saw someone's mind comp and they weren't like some sort of war or german studies scholar or whatever like i would probably be like i gotta go um but i just mean to say is, is like <laughs> any any number of like you know like questionable medications bad hygiene like shit shitty disgusting gross bathroom slash kitchen slash house um you know like unwashed sheets weird stains uh you know like poop or like you know like like just just kind of grossness in the house uh you know or like you know poo undies like just random things like that like can totally turn someone off of a person no matter if they're able-bodied or disabled so i just mean to say is is that like while i get that you have that fear i also think that that too is somewhat common and somewhat deserved in other people's cases uh but andrew's place was pretty tidy uh you know and apart from this one you know kind of old iodine covered bandage or whatever like like there it wasn't replete with you know haunting reminders of your disability well replete replete. what i mean shit so but i mean i remember when you told me that when you told me that i was like you told me that and i kind of was like oh so sorry like and i but after i said sorry and we were done and we started like fooling around in my head i was like fucking shit what else is in there that i don't know like did they clean enough like i was so concerned in my head because i i can't clean my own place they have to do it for me so i was running in my head of like what could be left out did they did they flush the pee away is there anything else that he saw that he's not telling me oh my god oh my god no no no, 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 no. yeah then there wasn't to be honest like i said the place was pretty pretty tidy um you know i do one one other thing i think when i first got in uh i saw that there were pads in your bed um, you know, and I was like, oh, like how often are those pads used? Like, are you going to, you know, pee or like poo yourself uh, in the middle of the night? And you kind of laugh and you were like, no, you were like, they just kind of put them there like just in case. But like, I was sort of like, oh, I don't know. You know, I, and, cause he was like, oh, are you going to sleep in the bed with me overnight? And I was like, t- let's talk about the pads first. <laughs> uh, cause you know, cause yeah, I just, I mean, we would have uh, dealt with it if it happened, but like anyone you know, who doesn't know what we're talking about pads, if you're disabled, you know, what blue pads are and blue pads are what they use in medical settings and hospital settings to basically to make sure that anybody, if they, if they soil themselves or have an accident, there's a pad there. And so when you live in a care home like this, you get a lot of pads and you have, you use them every day because you might pee yourself. Somebody might spill pee on you, which has happened to me multiple times. Somebody, you might shit yourself and you need to, anyway, so there's a whole bunch of pads in my bed all the time, which thinking back on it, like even in the porn that I shot, 
there's i think i'm lying on it i think when, I'm, when we're fucking i'm lying on a pad which thinking back on it is probably not the most sexy thing but like it's common in disabled people's homes to have that stuff it's just a medical aid so if you're listening and you're like what the fuck do they mean by pads that's what we mean yeah um you know i mean there are other unsexy things one can have on their beds too many goddamn stuffed animals uh things with lace in my opinion not to be a femphobe uh satin sheets kind of make my skin crawl and so i just mean to say this is it like while pads may be unsexy uh there are other unsexy things that people can have on beds as well uh including stains and things like that um but we digress uh uh yeah so i mean i think those were kind of the only you know things that that kind of made me a little bit uh nervous um uh but but the actual sex like was was pr- pretty good was pretty yeah good. i mean i want to be upfront with you i i feel i felt bad that i didn't reciprocate a lot with you because i was like I, I wanted to do a lot of things with you that i didn't do because i was like because i was afraid that my body would decide right as i was doing these things to like oh cool we can relax every muscle and then so I was really concerned that my body wouldn't agree, wouldn't like listen to me. So mm-hmm. I felt, I and I wanted to service you and I didn't well, do that a, a lot of the time. And I well, felt kind of bad. Let's talk a little bit about what the sex was actually like. Um, and, and to be honest, uh, there was one night when we got in your bed when like, I was this close to like recording us again because I was sort of like, oh, like we're in the throes of fashion. Like it's actually pretty hot. I can position my phone up here and get a pretty good recording of us Uh, because, you know, I was like, oh, there's something to documenting that and kind of letting your audience listen to it. But at the time, uh, I was kind of so in the moment with you that I was like, it felt like it would be a cheap, like a cheapening kind of move and that I was worried. You should have like, just fucking done it and then not told me and then told me now you had the the, uh, the video and I would be like, cool, Sully. Yeah, well, I didn't, have, I, 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 the room was too dark for video or whatnot, uh, but I just mean I was going to do audio, uh, but I was just worried that I was going to start, you know, like performing for it rather than just being in the moment, enjoying it, you know, maybe even get performance anxiety. So I was like, screw it. I'm just not going to Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, but, but so Andrew and I actually spent a great deal of our time watching horror movies uh, because we're both really big horror. We just fanatics. fucking nerded out, man. Like it was really, it was this this big idea that we had. It was gonna be this big sexy weekend. Yes, it was that. But what I liked almost better was that it was just us nerding out. Like we literally spent most of the Saturday you were here. You sat on the couch and I sat by the computer, and we just we when we weren't with each other, we were doing our own thing, and then we would come together to watch four or five horror movies and maybe you know blow each other or like hand job each other and then we'd watch a whole other horror movie like it was pretty much that was our weekend and i really like that well and for the horror fans out there i want to give a quick rundown of all the crap we saw we saw uh halloween 2 which is a terrible film it was really uh, bad halloween 3 which i quite liked but it has nothing to do with any of the other halloween films uh but helps explain why michael myers can take a lick and keep on ticking uh spoiler alert he's a silver shamrock silver shamrock cyborg um we saw halloween kills which was brutal but has the dumbest almost nearly non-existent it's really plot. bad yeah and how bad. can you twist somebody's head that far that many times before their neck breaks i don't get it um, girl you have some suspension of disbelief uh we watched uh nightmare on elm street part three nightmare on elm street part five nightmare on elm so, street the new one oh like, yeah yeah the, the one that was released i think in like 2011 yeah something like that and is a bit more child molesty uh like overtly child molesty than the last ones um and then uh we watched scream queen which if you haven't seen it oh is basically yeah a, i forgot a, a, an overlong documentary in which the uh gay actor of nightmare on elm street part two mark Patton 
and, and that's like the gayest film in the entire franchise as a gay screenwriter and like told like, tons of gay subtext in which he basically kind of bitterly uh, goes after the gay screenwriter to admit that he wrote the character as gay. It was uh, so ridiculous. It was probably one of the worst documentaries. I have been in documentaries and I have watched a lot of documentaries and I thought this could be way better than it was. It was, it was really bad. It was like his, like his final abyss of anger towards this thing that happened 35 years ago. Yeah, it was kind of weird watching him like basically carry a grudge and like be like really, really salty and bitter about it. Um, yeah, I mean, and here's the thing is, is like you're allowed to have a grudge. I, I, I've met Mark Patton. I actually interviewed him uh, when we showed the oh, film yeah, that's uh, right. for, for uh, the queer cinema series Cinema Wild that I, I, I used to run in Dallas. Uh, he's super duper nice guy really really sweet actually and so like i'm not trying to get on this podcast and like slam him um but like the dog man was a tad long uh i think to its credit it had some really really interesting it was an hour and 24 minutes yeah some bullshit like that and it it, it could have been an hour 45 45 minutes yeah i mean and, and the thing is is like to its credit it has some really really good parts about like the queer aspects of horror and kind of queer horror villains and like what that means and like why people, why queer people turn yeah. like horror things into like kind of outsiders and like icons. And like, that was actually really interesting, but like the parts that were more about his life and his grudge were kind of less. So anyway, um, so we watched all of those. Uh, we also watched Candyman two farewell to the flesh, uh, yeah, which we did. it was also horrible. Uh, it was, but I mean, I at least like knowing what happened to Candyman's white girlfriend, uh, even if the film had was problematic and, and it was kind of super, super it dumb. was really bad. Um, you know, but to bring it back to you and I, like, I like, I also liked doing that. I liked that our whole weekend wasn't like steeped in, we're gonna fuck the whole time. Like, I like that we took time out of that to just be nerds together and yeah. be like, yeah, let's watch some like really crappy 80s horror films. It was fun, like, we, we got a bunch of junk food. Uh, you know, uh, I, like I said, I was taking weed edibles and we kind of would just mock the films as we were watching them. And then like I would be sitting around in my underwear, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, just, waiting you know, for me to blow you wondering why hasn't Andrew sucked my dick yet. I mean, we'll get to that. But uh, and, <laughs> then, uh, and then and then, uh, you know, occasionally Andrew and I would, you know, I'd undo his pants and you know start stroking him and we just start kissing, you know, and like while the movie's playing, because I mean, these movies aren't, you know, highbrow intellectual films that you have to watch in order to stay with a plot. Uh, and so, you know, we would just kind of alternate uh, making out and fooling around while the movies were playing. Uh, and it was fun. It was good. It was like really hot. Uh, and that's actually the sort of thing that I've wanted to do with other partners, uh, like other kind of like fuck buddies, but like no one ever makes a weekend just to watch horror movies and have sex. Like people are way too busy and have way too many social plans to like actually do something like that. Uh, and so like being able to do that with you was actually pretty rare and kind of wonderful. I mean, uh, it was, it, and I haven't done that with a guy like ever where we just hang out and they're like, yes, we knew from way before you got here, we were going to fuck. But like once we had, once we kind of had got the first attempt out of our system and it was like day two, I think we both got really way more relaxed with each other and it made it way fun to just be like, let's just hang out. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, uh, like I said, Andrew has a nice schlong. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit subby and so is Andrew, but like, I'm a bit subby too. And so like the idea of kind of servicing a guy in this like thrown like chair uh, you know, and kind of being forced to like gag on his cock and like, you know, before struck him off and all that, like, that was actually hot to me. Like that, like, like it, it was really, it's okay. You can call get... me your King. You just told me that I'm in a throne. So you can definitely say that I'm your King. It's fine. You drop your crown King. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so it was, it was, it was actually really, really hot and kind of really easy to get into. Uh, I enjoyed it. Plus, I mean, like 
it's it's kind of low stakes. I mean, when you're doing like anal all the time, you know, like I said, there's like performance anxiety and like the possibility of poo and like, you know, kind of this bravado that has to go along with it. But if you're just like jerking a guy off and you're both kind of just sitting around and like, you know, uh, and, and just kissing and stuff like it, it was very kind of friendly and fraternal and like, you know, uh, like just easygoing as opposed to being like having to prove something in like the bedroom, you know, or all that. Yeah. Like I thought it was super chill. And like, I remember I had said to you, on the phone before we met i said oh, i want to go and i want to do all this date stuff and like you which you never showed me by the way you know you brought like date clothes to go out to like a fancy date dinner which i never ended up seeing by the way and we never ended up doing that but i almost i'm almost glad we didn't do that because it allowed for us to bond just as like two guys who who like yeah we're gonna fuck this weekend but it doesn't have to be like we're not gonna start this whirlwind romance we're just gonna fuck around and i right. think for me as a disabled person like we don't get to often have the experience of just fucking around with somebody who likes us, but it isn't going to turn into this like thing. And it isn't going to turn into like, like we either get no sex at all, or we get in my experience, or you get somebody who wants to be in a relationship with you right away, or you're, you end up paying for it. So to have a friend that was like, no, I genuinely, I genuinely like you as a friend and we're going to fuck around and do this for me as a disabled person. Like that was a first. That is, it was very rare for me. So I really, I really valued that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, that's, and, and, and that's cool to hear, man. Um, you know, I, I, I actually kind of, and I, I was talking about this um, with friends here is, you know, people were like, before I came here, before I came and saw you, I was like, oh, I'm finally going to go and, you know, like, uh, you know, like n- nail the, I kept referring to you as a quadriplegic. Is that even true? It's not correct. I, well, well, I have spastic quadriplegia, so which means that all four of my limbs are affected by disability, but I'm not a quadriplegic in that I did not have an accident and become a quad. Is, is, is that what quadriplegic means, that I have had an accident and became this? I thought it just meant, like, I can't really move all my limbs. The, like... I think so. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's what it is. I have huh. quadriplegia, which just means all my limbs are affected by disability. Wait, so if I told someone that I was going to go and bang with a quadriplegic, is that factually incorrect or is that correct? I think it's factually incorrect because I all my limbs are not paralyzed by disability. Oh, I should have said, I'm going to go bang someone with spasmic quadriplegia. <laughs> Spastic quadriplegia. But I like that you said spasmic. It's almost better. Spastic, uh, spastic quadriplegia, yes, yes. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, so... Um, when I got back and people were like, Hey, how did it go? Um, I actually told them and I, and I, and I don't mean this like in a damning way, Andrew, uh, that it was somewhat anticlimactic by which I mean, (laughs) like we had just built it up like so much over the course of years of like, it was like, I'm going to like, I'm going to top Andrew and like Andrew, you know, like, Oh, am I allowed to say that you haven't really topped or you haven't really uh, bottomed? Is that okay? Well, you just, there it is. So you said it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, so we were, we were kind of like, okay, we're going to have this new sexual experience with Andrew, you know, and that's going to be like earth shattering. And, you know, uh, you know, he doesn't always have guys hang out, you know, it's normally sex workers and not just kind of a guy who's like, you know, going to go on a date and just hang out with him like a normal dude. Uh, and so like, I was like, it's going to be all this earth shattering stuff. And we're going to like have all this like mind blowing sex. Uh, you know, it's going to be an orgiastic weekend. And in actuality, it was much more kind of low key and chill. It was so low key, which I almost appreciated so much better. Like, yeah. But I didn't know you had coined it as anticlimactic. I hope that it, like... Well, and I want to be clear, and, and what was anticlimactic about it is I think I had built this sort of Hallmark movie in my mind that was going to be like, 
that I got there. I like I like steal your virginity and that like you're all like you're like, oh, my God, Daniel, thank you so much. No one's. Oh, ever no. So you had the, like that. So you had the able bodied savior complex. Thing exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that you were going to break down and be like, you have healed me. Here, let me do it for you right now. You complete me. Yeah. No, go. fuck that. Why, why can't you've done that in person? I mean, because uh, I would have fallen over laughing. <laughs> yeah, no. So I mean, the thing is, is that like what I had absolutely was this sort of ableist fantasy of me coming in and like you know, like giving you sexual healing and you like breaking down in tears of gratitude about you know how much I've like ru- yeah, yeah. Andrew's what you can't you see is I just gave you the big fucking finger because yeah, fuck Andrew's you. Me. Yeah, and so you know, I mean, I've got my own internalized ableism stuff to work out. But the thing is, is that never happened. Um, and so when I say anticlimactic, what I meant is I thought it was going to be this revelatory thing for both of us that we were like, we were forever changed by that. And don't get me wrong. I, I definitely feel changed in a positive way by having got, gotten to know you and whatever. But like, it just wasn't the hallmark cartoon Hollywood ending version that, of like, oh, we had sex. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, it was it was more just sort of like, oh, yeah, it was cool. He's like a cool fuck, buddy. I will, we'll just do it again. Like, which, you know, is. Is if you saw it in a film, you would be like, "What? What kind of ending is that?" So that's yeah, what I that's mean by anticlimactic. Is that that's yeah. a, maybe that's what Hallmark should do. That should be their next like the next for it because you know they've already done single all the way, which I'm halfway yeah. through and it's kind of amazing. And then maybe the next film they do is like disabled and able body guy fuck, and then yeah, they I just become the friends after like yeah. I want I, I, we should think of a really great title for that uh, heartwarming. Uh, disabled able body hookup, gay hookup film, spastic uh, love spastic. of Pleja, <laughs> spastic Christmas, you know, like oh my god, the Christmas spastic chair. Christmas. <laughs> I think spastic Christmas has, has something going on there, huh? Well, well, we'll have to workshop it, but anyway, um, so so uh, uh, yeah, that that that's that's kind of what what the sex was like, um, uh. You know, I, I, I guess, like we said, we, we appreciate it for 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 it. Um, it. It was chill and it was fulfilling and it was also really, really hot. So it wasn't something that was like, oh, hot for a disabled guy or like hot, even though he's a state like it wasn't like that. It was more just like I, I told Andrew at the end of it where I was like, hey, this is actually pretty great. And like, I don't get to have sexual experiences like this. I, I I've wanted to sit and watch 10 horror movies with someone. And like even the guy I'm dating here and like in Portland, like you didn't have the attention span or desire to sit and watch 10 fucking horror movies in like one weekend. Like most people don't, man. So, I fucking do. Yeah. I fucking do. So yeah. So that was, that was pretty good. Um, my next, we're only on question three. Wow. Amazing. Let's go. The next question that I have for you is what did you learn about sex and disability by having sex with me? And then did you unlearn any of your own beliefs around sex and disability? Okay, so one thing, and I'm going to kind of call you out a little bit, and I told you this when we were there, but I think it's worth kind of hearing on the podcast, is um, before I got there, um, Andrew, I think, kept saying like kind of two things. Is One, he was like, oh, I hope my disability like doesn't freak you out or whatnot, which like I get. We, we talked about kind of how internalized ableism and how kind of bad hookup experiences you had in the past sort of, you know, left you, you know, somewhat traumatized, you know, about, you know, oh God, you know, people have gone there and been shitty about it and like left you in vulnerable positions or said really shitty, hurtful things and like rejected you for seeing those. So like, I got that. But another thing that Andrew consistently warned about before he got there was his IBS. <laughs> um, 
but the way that Andrew made it sound, you made it sound like at any moment you were just going to like explode this like fountain of diarrhea on me, uh, which like I, I'm sure happens sometimes in IBS. Like I, I know people have Crohn's and IBS stuff. And so like I get that, that totally happens. Happened last week, yo. Happened last week. Yeah, but, it was but, right there. Yeah, but, it, but Andrew made it sound as if it were going to happen to the drop of a hat with no notice like while we're like mid kiss or like while we're naked in bed together that just like we'd be kissing and then the next second there would be like this hot pool of diarrhea around both of us uh and so when we were talking about sleeping arrangements and we were talking about like you know fooling around i i asked him i was like hey how likely is that and he sort of laughed and you were like uh that doesn't really happen like that and i was like okay man because then you straight up called me out and we're like dude you made it you said exactly that you're like you made it sound like there's rivers of shit and piss happening constantly and so, you know, I'm glad you did because it, I've been thinking about that since we since it happened. And I've been trying to like rejig how I describe my chronic illness to people so that it's not as terrifying as you thought it would be. Well, yeah, because I think there was this kind of combination of like, like I said, kind of a preemptive fear of like, oh, I want to prepare Daniel and like, and it's one of your biggest fears, I think that. And so like, I kind of got why you brought it up and like, and, and yeah, but I mean, the fact that it like didn't really even come into play at all. Um, but I think you were just sort of worried about like that it might. I mean, the same way that sometimes when I'm about to hook up with a guy, you know, I'll be and they're like, oh, yeah, I really want you to top me. I'll be like, hey, just, so you know, sometimes I get performance anxiety and sometimes I can't get it up. And sometimes, you know, and like and often when I hook up with these guys, sometimes we don't fuck like literally do penetrative sex at all or like i am able to keep a boner just fine and it's not an issue but that sometimes i just want to preempt it so that i'm like i don't want you to be disappointed or freaked out or like nervous you know um you don't want to be disappointing so like i assume that's why you kind of told me is it yeah i mean that's where it came from i was just scared that you i was scared that my body would fail on me and i was scared that when you saw my body fail on me we're in this supposed like hallmark spastic christmas hot moment moment that like you'd be like oh fuck i gotta i this is this is too much i gotta bail like i had planned a scenario in my head where you weren't where you were not were not there and decided to like leave because i knew something horrible happened so like i certainly um i certainly was scared of that and i was scared of like I was just scared of my body not doing what I wanted it to do. And I wanted it to be sexy and hot for you. And I know that my body likes to fail on me often. So I was just really fearful of that. Well, and so I think, I think this was kind of the thing um, is that, okay. So, so when Andrew and I were like hanging out, uh, you know, and just watching these horror movies and whatever, um, he and I would just occasionally jump on scruff on our respective phones because, you know, like you're bored and you're nervous and you know you're kind of distracted and you know you get notifications or whatever and you just want to see what hot guys are around or you're getting messages i mean like you know ask 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 any gay man they, they probably have you know they, they jump on their phone on and off scruff sometimes you're on scruff as you're being blown you're like oh this is life but i want to live over here yeah yeah i mean because there's scruff ends up being this kind of weird erotic video game that kind of gamifies sex and you get to see naked pictures and you gotta hot catch dudes. Them all. yeah yeah but, yeah you yeah. know and so i mean like even in the moment it can sort of feel like an erotic turn on where it's like oh i'm still cruising while getting blown anyway um and so uh a couple of hot guys hit up andrew uh one not um you know and i was sort of like oh wow these guys are actually really like hot hot dudes um you know and, and andrew has kind of told me that or sorry, I keep referring you to third person as if I'm telling the audience. I'm right here. You. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, is it you, you've kind of told me, you know, sometimes those go left field. There's some guys, guys are shitty on that. And I totally believe it. You've, you've posted screenshots of, of the way people have been really, really fucking shitty and mean. Um, but uh, 
it sort of made me wonder or worry that I was like, oh, maybe actually Andrew is sort of telling other guys or like preparing other guys for sort of like a, oh, I hope you don't reject me. And just, you know, this is kind of intense. And just, you know, my life is like, can be really off putting or whatever. And I was just sort of like, I, I sort of worry that maybe you oversell that, I, but 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 I feel conflicted saying that because yet again, no, I mean you're not wrong. I mean I, I mean you aren't wrong. And hearing you say that so plainly, I do do that a lot. I oversell the disability because in my mind, I'm like if I oversell it and I tell them every horrible possible potentiality and they don't run away, then I've got one, and then I can like try from there. But I totally see what you're saying of like. If you do that, you are going to, you're, you're like, you're giving yourself the, you're fulfilling your own prophecy. Like, just mm -hmm. let it be what it is. And then maybe they'll come around. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think, I think if, if you had just told me like, um, as, as you did when I arrived, uh, you know, but just, just that you were like, Hey, just, you know, when we're hanging out, like, you know, I'm, I'm mostly just, you know, in, in my chair, um, you know, uh, if you want to do bed stuff, we kind of have to arrange for that ahead of time. Uh, and by the way, I have, you know, uh, care assistance coming in, you know, at these hours, so, you know, uh, that that's it, but it, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, and, and so I just want to prepare you for that. Like if, if you say that after you've already made nice conversation with the dude and he's coming over and those are just a, Hey, by the way, since now you're coming over and we're actually planning something, I just need you to know, you know, uh, you know, we're going to do bed stuff, blah, blah, blah. And here's my care assistant schedule. Um, I think that's kind of sufficient. Uh, but, but, but here's the thing is I feel really conflicted telling you this because yet again, you're talking to someone who, you know, comes from a medical family, was really, really well acquainted with other aspects of your disability because of our long friendship. And so like, and so the thing is, is that like, I may, I may not be the average scruff guy. I may not be the sort of, but the thing is, is like, I'm sort of like, there have to be other decent scruff dudes out there who are totally eager to bang you who like aren't going to be like shitty and mean yeah about your disability three thousand kilometers away and we'll never really meet each other i mean sure but i mean but but i mean you were you were conversing with some with some hot guy uh you know who was like oh yeah i'm moving to toronto soon oh and yeah like, he I, ended I, up he ended up being a weirdo it's okay. fine um <laughs> <laughs> well and that happens too you know uh, but i guess i just mean to say this I, I would hate to think that you're missing out on an opportunity for like good dick good friend uh you know good good sex good whatever good experience uh, just because you, you if, if if you're overselling it, um, uh, you know, and that some of that's some of that is fear, some of it is warranted, but like, yeah, I just, I just, I don't want you to sell yourself short, man, because like it was actually a good time. You were a good partner. It was hot sex, uh, and 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 all, and some of the things that you kind of worried about beforehand didn't really come to pass. I mean, luckily that time, but but I hear I I hear what you're saying. Like, I definitely and hearing that so plainly from you, I think it's an important reminder for me that I do often oversell the oh my god I'm really disabled part because I think and I think there's some internalized ableism from me in there of like I am really disabled I do need a lot of help and that that scares and annoys me so then I, what I do is I put that on the other person and I'm like see they ran away see it's true and maybe if I had just like not sold it so hard they wouldn't have run away uh, maybe I, I also don't want to put this on you and just be like, oh, the ableism's in your head and everyone's actually super nice. And it's only no, no, they're not they're, up. like they're ableist fucktards. But like, you know, that, that's ableist as well. Pretty oh, sure, I'm pretty sure that's not the appropriate term to use for anything. They're ableist fuckwads. They're better. Um, but I do think and somebody else that I've been talking to on the Internet, some guy that I've been chatting with, we've been chatting for a few months now just will occasionally say hi and send a dick shot to each other. He, the other day was like, we were talking and I think you and I have had similar conversations. And he said like, 
you keep pushing me to confirm that everything's okay. Everything's fine. Just like lean into stuff and let it be what it is and stop pushing it. And he said it gently and was kind about it. And I thought about it some more and I was like, okay, I'm going to try, but I'm slowly realizing, well, not so slowly, but I'm realizing that that's hard for me because a lot of the men in my life have just been shitballs. So my, my thing with gay men is like, if I don't bludgeon you with how great I am and constantly remind you that I'm here, you're going to forget I exist. Right. And, 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 and like, and, and I do get that. Um, and online dating is, is, is tough in so far as that like guys are like that. I, I have those anxieties too. a lot, a lot of other people. And the thing is, is that like, I don't mean to be like, Hey, it happens. It happens. And so just get over it. Like, like I, I, I get that, that it's, it's a process and that it takes time to kind of unlearn and, and, and figure it out, you know, but I, but I, I just, I just wanted to affirm that like, it was hot sex. It was a fun time. It wasn't like this ultra weird alien world of disability. It was, it was actually just pretty chill, fun time. Uh, the only difference was, is that your mobility was, was different. Um, for me, that was kind of the only main difference. Um, you know, and, and, and that when we ate together, you know, I would feed you a bit, but I mean, like having, having taken care of like my mom when she was ill and, you know, and like done a little bit of volunteering at like other places where I've fed people yet again, and, and, and having fed my nephews when they were younger, I just mean to say is that like, that wasn't like, yeah, that, that, that I, it wasn't like, oh, this weird alien. It was just whatever. Anyway, I don't want to harp on this too much. I don't want to make. No, no, no. But I think, I think, you know, I think that talking about disabled people in our own internalized ableism and in our own fear and how we sometimes oversell stuff is important because I'm looking back at some of the ways I've interacted with other dudes. And I've totally done that where I've really pushed hard the, yo, I'm a super crippled person. Like you, you're not going to be able to handle yourself. And like some of the, some of the very first things I'll say to a guy on scruff after like, Hey, how are you? Is like, um, so is my disability okay for you? And like, right. that's a big, that's a like, that's a big question. How does it, how someone like we know how we're supposed to answer? We're supposed to answer, yeah, yeah, no problem, no big deal. But like, it, that's a that I can see how that would be off putting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think may, maybe you know another way to approach it would just be like, hey, have you ever been with a disabled guy, or hey, you ever been with a wheelchair user? You know, and then just kind of make it about that as opposed to you know like, I hope you don't reject me or whatever. Um, in, anyway, and so like I said, I, I think I think it's kind of a, a life process, and that you kind of learn, and that you know more and more experiences, you know. But I but I'd like you to be able to have this sort of experience with other with other cool dudes because you're you're a cool fucking dude. I mean, as as, as I told you, like absent ableism, uh, you know, like you'd be you getting banged on the regular. Uh, you know, you got you got you you're kind of a cute cub ish, not quite a cub, uh, not not exactly a not twink. quite a cub, not yet a bear. I don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so anyway uh uh you know i th- but yeah I, I think yeah that's it i, I don't i don't like i said i don't want to harp on it um i feel like that i mean we both we both agreed that we want to we want to meet up again um and you know s- someone asked me they were like oh you want to oh sorry someone asked me they were like oh you want to meet up again uh was 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 the sex that good and i was like well a yes the sex was good i was like b though like i was like andrew's just my friend like like i want yes i want to go see my friend again yes i would like to spend time with this person like like yeah it was was cool and 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 i hope we do more uh with the sex um you know i i would say that you know next time we get together so i mean one thing and i've I've clowned andrew about this and he's referred to it already but like you didn't blow me um 
and it didn't blow you. And I yeah, feel I feel kind of bad about that. I do feel kind of bad about it. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about it. Just, just, just because uh, the thing is, is like I would. I definitely was there. I definitely was sort of like angling, like, oh, that's here's you know, here's here's my dick, and it's getting closer to your mouth. Um, but like I could kind of tell, like Andrew was sort of a bit like, oh, uh, and so I didn't really press it. But um, what was what was going on on your end at that point? Um, I was just a shit man. I don't, like I should have I should have just Pillow princess. You. Is that what you're saying, Pillow princess? I mean, I know. I think I was just really scared of like again my body doing something and I wasn't scared of like just and I want don't get me wrong I wanted to but I was like I'm so scared that I'm gonna get into the middle of this and something will not go right and I like I think we I was too nervous to be like to do it I think you were also like because we were in the moment you weren't like Andrew suck my penis now maybe you should have been like Andrew suck my penis now yeah maybe I should have I mean, maybe next time that's what we do. But like, I I wanted to, and I feel bad. There was a lot of stuff that I think I wanted to do, but I also wanted to get comfortable with you. Like if we'd had three more days together after I saw you, oh, dude, your dick would have been in my mouth hardcore. But oh. it was like, I want to get comfortable with this person like more than I am right now. Because even though I was comfortable with you after day like two, I still was like, I want to suss out how we're doing, how, mm-hmm. how things are. Um, but I do... I have thought about it since our hookup and I was like, I just should have fucking gone to town. And, and I want to be clear. Like I didn't leave being like, why didn't I get a blowjob? You know, it wasn't like, but I was like, how dare to you be extra clear though. He did write in the form <laughs> in the form for this podcast. He was like, why did you not suck my princely D? So yeah. I do think you had, you had some residual upset about that. You know, I mean, it would have been nice, uh, 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 mostly because and, and not even like because I want to I want to get off, uh, but also because it's kind of cool when you share that with someone like like something I, I like when fooling around with people that I like and respect and that I think are hot is that, you know, the dick is kind of attached to a dude that, you know, that you, you, you admire that you think so highly of um, and that it's kind of cool when it's reciprocal, you know, that it's sort of like, oh, yeah, we both did it. And because we both kind of feel that way towards each other, um, you know, but but but. But yeah, like you said, I wasn't, I didn't want to force it on you and, and, and whatever. Um, the, oh, there was something else though, uh, about, about being with you. Um, blowjobs. So yeah, we, yet again, we never, we never got around to anal. Um, uh, e- either way, I, one Andrew is a bit thick. Uh, I don't really love a bit thick. A Wait, bit. let's change that verbiage. Quite thick. His wiener is. I'm thick with two C's, bitches. It's girthy. Thick. Uh, and so. I'm girthy Gerza. <laughs> girthy. There you go. There it is. Girthy Gerza. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, uh, d- douching is is it's it's a pain. Uh, sometimes it can take like an hour or so, just depending on you know what you've had or you know how much fibers in your diet. Um, and and I, and to be honest, I, I'm I'm more of a side really than kind of a top or bottom. Like I, I Me actually too. Prefer... I've been talking about this forever on my social media. I am a hundred percent a side. Okay, yeah, and so and so you know. I think that plus, I mean, me having a bit of a residual fear, fear about the IBS and like, and, and the thing is to, to, to properly top Andrew, we would have had to go through kind of a douching, you know, rigmarole for his, for his bottom as well. Uh, and so it was just kind of a bit more of a production than I think we were kind of both really ready for on our first meeting. Um, I'd, I'd be open to, you know, kind of figuring out or talking about how to navigate that in the future, maybe on a second, you know, or even a third visit. Um, but yet again, like, like, like it's something that I find inconvenient 
uh, e- even in just like the guys that I'm dating, uh, where I'm like, ah, oh, douching. Ah, oh, great. Now here goes another hour. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I have my own kind of hangups around. Yeah. Um, what was the, you kind of touched on this, but what was the best part of fucking me or sleeping with me? Uh, I think gagging on your wiener. Um, actually kissing you was nice. Um, you know, like, like, I, I think I told him beforehand, uh, I, I've, I've, I've made out with some people who have really bad breath. Um, you know, uh, some, some people with smokers, things like that, or people who don't floss. And so part of me was like, oh, Andrew, do you actually have bad breath and maybe don't know it? I mean, he was like, oh God, are you like telling me like kissing is one of the things I can do that I'm able to do. And you're now telling me you might not be into it. Oh my goodness. And so I was just worried because, you know, I don't, I didn't know what his oral hygiene was going to be. And like also here. oral hygiene is not the easiest for me to do. So there are moments where my breath hasn't been ideal when I've been with people. And so like I, I made sure that weekend, like, and I like was extra vigilant to be like, got to take care of this. Cause I don't want him to think that I'm like, I have a thing about all of my body, my whole disabled body. I have a thing about worrying about the guy is going to think that I'm gross and is going to assume that I'm gross because I'm a wheel, because I sit in a wheelchair. So automatically I must be gross. So all of that body stuff, like, I was very concerned, not because I didn't agree that like I should have good oral hygiene, but like also like, what if I couldn't reach the spot that smell grows? What if like, you know, so I think um, it was just a reminder that like I have to, I had to be extra vigilant. Well, the thing is, is that it was great. Like, like there wasn't even any kind of remote, uh, you know, unpleasant flavor uh, in the kiss. And that was something that I was kind of worried about just because I said, I've you know, been with guys who isn't great. Um, but I think there was that. Um, there was actually something else I kind of noticed and learned when we were fooling around. Um, and yeah, is that like when you're with an able-bodied guy, uh, you know, who has kind of, you know, uh, f- has more, greater range of motion and, 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 and grasping with his limbs. Hang on, can we just pause for a minute? And I loved watching you do the mental gymnastics right there on what you were going to say and how you're going to say that to not be ableist. I really enjoyed watching you stutter for like, and he, everyone that's listening can hear it now. You heard him like, uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, and I just love it when able body people do that. Not because I want to shame them, because I just think it's really funny to watch them want to say anything, but be so scared they're going to fuck it up. So it's okay. You can say like the thing you're going to say. Just say it plainly. Cool. Well, able-bodied people can just like grab you and like pull you into a kiss or like, or like just you know, grab your ass and just like grab your wiener and like just like pull you into action immediately. Andrew can't do that. Um, so, I mean, I think I found that you would signal to me in other ways. So before we even got there, Andrew was like, just, you know, you're going to have to make the first, first moves. You're going to have to initiate. And I was like, yeah, sure. Fine. Um, and at first I was just like, oh, he's nervous. What a sweet guy is nervous. And what I kind of realized in retrospect was like, no, it's actually that like, he's not like physically like, uh, yes, you could, you could have verbally been assertive. Like I want to, I want to dispel the idea that you need guys to make this first move. You don't need them to make the first move. You could have been like, Hey, let's kiss or Hey, I'd really like to kiss you right now. Or you could have been like, you know, done your eyebrows like a, Hey, Hey, you know, kind of wagged that way or, or, you know, or been like, you know, come over here, you know, roll your eyes or whatever. Um, Being spastic, it would just make me look, if I did try to do the eyebrow thing, I would just look like I was like having some sort of problem. Well, so here's the thing though, is that I actually noticed that like, so we'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be jerking him off and, you know, I'd, I'd be stroking myself off and we'd kind of be kissing or whatever, you know, I, I'd be kind of focused on, you know, just stroking myself away from him. Uh, 
And I would notice you would get this sort of facial expression that let me know that you wanted to kiss, but like it was all in your face. Like I had to literally be looking at your eyes and like, I don't really even know how to describe it other than like your eyes would, your eyes and mouth would sort of widen and you'd sort of like, kind of like move your head a little bit, like to kind of indicate that you wanted it. Um, and I found that I had to kind of look out for that and sort of watch it and read it. Like at first I was like, oh, that's just excitement. Or, oh, he's just like blushing or just like feeling excited or something. And it was like, no, Daniel, that's actually his gesture for him telling you that he wants another kiss. Um, and it took me a while to get that. Like, like, and I didn't even know that I did that until you just told me. I, I didn't even realize that this is the thing I was doing. Yeah, completely, man. And, and, and like, it took me a while to read it. And the thing is, is yet again, when I've seen that same expression in others, it means something else. It doesn't mean I want to kiss. It what either it means mean? it can mean excitement. It can mean hunger. It can mean like, like that, that you want to say something. It's a sort of kind of expectant. I don't want to say expectant, like demanding, but this sort of like, like, you know, what, what, what's coming next kind of yeah. look. Uh, and so, and so, like I said, just when you see it in other people, it doesn't mean like put your tongue down my throat. It, it usually means like, oh, there's something on my mind. There's something that I need. Uh, in this case, what you needed was more tongue down your throat. Uh, and so it just, <laughs> it, that, that was the thing that I didn't really expect. Um, that was kind of eye opening. I was like, oh, of course, that's, of, co of course he has to express his desire for a kiss a certain way. Cause he can't just grab the back of my head and then, and then, you know, shove me into his face. Like he, you know, he, he had to tell me in another way. Um, and I didn't even know that I did that. And so now that I know that I'm doing that, that's a kind of, that's kind of like a cool, sexy, spastic Christmas superpower that I can wield now. Yeah. You know, but I also, I also say, man, is that like, definitely, you know, I, I encourage you next time we hook up or next time you hook up with anyone, like, let me be like, Hey, give me a kiss. You know, Hey, you know, I, you know, like, I think you were good when you were like, Hey, why don't you touch my dick? Like you would say that every now and then. And it was sort of like, okay, sure. Why not? Uh, but you know, I, I feel, I feel like you, 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 you can, you can initiate uh, in, in other ways. So, you know, yeah. yeah. And I, I also have internalized ableism around initiating because like, I'm like, what if I ask them for that? And then they say like, Oh no, you're extra disabled. I have to go. So I feel part of me when I, when I texted you like the day or two before and said, you're going to have to make the first move. That was actually me being like, if he makes the first move and wants to, then I know I'm okay. And then I know that like, he's not scared off by this and I can then, and if you notice, after we started like making out, I was a lot more, once we were into it, I was much more, I think, I feel like I was much more into like doing as much as I could with you there hmm. and like actively shoving your face in my dick being like, go harder um, because I felt safe to do that. Yeah. Um, yes, I did notice that. Um, you know, I, I also, what was I going to say? Uh, uh... Oh yeah, is it that I, I think I kind of have I, I I empathize when you say, oh, I'm worried about making the first move because then it can get rejected. I think for a long time, me with other gay men, I wouldn't really hit on I wouldn't really physically engage them until there were like flashing green lights in my face being like, This is what I actually want. Please touch my leg, please hit on me, please let's get naked together. Like yeah. I would be very, very anxious and very, very sit on my side of the couch and like don't touch their leg and don't make a move and don't say I want to kiss you and don't like until you're I'm really basically clear. a 17 year old boy. Yeah. On my first date all the time. <laughs> right. You know, and, 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 and part of it, I think for me at least was kind of rooted in this idea that like I was raised with this trope growing up that like 
if you make a move on a guy who doesn't want you to make a move, you're going to turn to the next Matthew Shepard. Like you're going to get gay bashed and like, you're going to be like beaten up. Uh, but it's sort of like, Daniel, you're only hitting on guys who you already know are gay. So they're probably not going to beat you up for being gay. And they're or, in your space and they're like actively sitting beside you. Right. It's... And you met most of them on scruff and like, you know, or like or you and them have talked about fucking around before. So like you don't really need to be like this, you know, 17 year old like, oh, I don't, can I, it's OK if I kiss you. It's OK if I touch you. Yeah. Leg. I mean, I, I think I think that consent's important, obviously, but I think because I've had so few experiences of organic hookups that are just two friends hanging out that might lead to fucking. I had, that's why I said to you, you make the first move because then I'll know that it's okay. And then I'll know that like disability doesn't scare him. And then all, then all those things that I was worried about that I voiced to you previously would, could be put on the back burner for a minute because you would have made the move. Therefore I'm not going to be some, some crippled, kid that's like come do me now but oh you don't want to you know what i mean right no 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 i i, I totally hear that um you know and so yeah so i, I think i think yeah those are those those were just some things that i think i kind of learned um you know uh as far as the worst parts of us having sex i mean like i don't know if there were kind of worst parts i mean yeah like, i didn't really think anything was super horrible I mean, so i mean i think there were some things that i kind of noticed that i was sort of like huh but like yet again these are just things that you notice on anyone so for example like um andrew drinks from like a water bottle uh you know and like because you know he, he has scheduled bathroom times and so I, I guess you can't kind of overdo it on the water you have to kind of keep your intake a certain but way. i should drink way more i don't drink enough water it's a horrible problem and i need to drink more water okay. but yes well so do every now and then you know i noticed you know when he's whatever like his mouth would get a little bit dry you know and that like there'd, there'd, there'd be like that but yet again that wasn't like a sort of like ew thing it was just more like it was like Oh, he's got like dry mouth. Like, should I say something? Is that weird? Like, you know, and or like, or maybe he. Well, maybe if I had sucked, hey, put your wet dick in my mouth, it wouldn't be so dry anymore. Would yeah, it? yeah. Maybe you would have salivated a bit more. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, but I mean, like, there there weren't any worst part. There really weren't. I mean, no, like, I mean, there was nothing in the experience. Like, I didn't leave going, oh, it's horrible. I was like, that was really nice, and it was a it was a nice beginning of a, a sexy friend relationship that was like super easy like i didn't feel i i was i actually when you left i was like horror movies are no fun now i can't watch them alone daniel's not here it's so fun oh, super sweet man um yeah it was, it was definitely a hell of a lot more fun uh with you there um you know and so i so i don't know i mean like yeah i, I, I thought it was pretty darn good i mean i'd say that you know ne next time i mean as i said i we should discuss a little bit more about you know what what some anal play between us might look like uh, you know, just and I just mean in terms of logistics, I don't even mean in terms of our fantasy. We have big fantasies, but I think if we can talk a little bit more about, you know, like to what degree do care assistants need to get involved? Do what do, like, do we even want to bother with that? It, is it just that we want to just do anal on me for the next time and maybe just some light butt touching for you rather than like full penetration? Like, I think I think that would be cool. Um, it would be cool because I remember when you came up when you like first opened your suitcase, you pulled out the you pull out the dildo and I don't oh, know yeah, if you saw, I, I, I I saw my face, but I, my face is like, oh, oh, was that supposed to be in my body? All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, which, which yes, yes it was. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean like, yeah, they're logistic things. Um, so I think it's one of them. I think the other thing is, is um, one, you should definitely S my D. That would be good. Um, I think another, 
Um, you can say suck my dick. It's, it's this sex is, podcast. This is a family show. Uh, and then, uh, I, I I don't know more horror movies, better horror movies. I don't know. I mean, like like worse horror movies, maybe. Yeah, yeah, really terrible ones. Um, yeah. yeah uh, how, how about you? I mean, what what do you want to happen next time we fool around? I mean, I would definitely like to suck your dick, and I think I want to. I want to service you more because you did spend most of the weekend like servicing me, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah. But I, but I what do I, to be clear. Want to like? I do want to. I want to kind of get into my subby side more and, and like play with that a little bit. And I think, you know, I would like to explore Virginia Lee being lost, um, because I've never done that. I've I'm I'm. I'm you know 37 38 i've never done that it's something that i feel as a gay man i'm i'm missing out on and i want to try it with somebody that i care about well and and, and also andrew I, I i have a friend here in portland who's like i think he's 41 now uh, and he's never lost his virginity either uh for for completely different circumstances and so i just kind of want to normalize that a bit i know in like porn and like everyone are you a top or a bottom? like it's such a common and there's so much pressure Around well, that's it. why I, that's why I like I like it that we're both sides because like I'm neither of those things and I don't adhere to that really strict top or bottom like fuck I'm not, I don't do that but 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 it can really do your head in right I mean it can really make it feel like oh I'm missing out or I'm not or I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing enough and I just I just want to like affirm and reiterate that like that's it's not that it, there are other there are other guys able bodied as well who like haven't done that yet and like it it it's yeah it doesn't have to yeah i i get that it's important and i get that it's an experience that everyone wants to try and you know whatever um but i just mean to say like you know i don't want you to feel too like oh why haven't i done it what's wrong with me it's like no you you, you do it when you do it and, and and when you do it you want it done right you don't want it with, to be with some discompassionate asshole who's gonna you or know, like one-time sex worker that i paid 500 bucks to the, like to sleep with and then have them do something weird that feels weird and then i wasted all that money for like an experience that i won't enjoy Right. You know, I also want to say, though, I mean, it could be something that you slowly start to explore with your sex worker as well. Maybe you guys you know, work with douching. Maybe you guys talk about a little bit of hole touching, you know, on your end. Maybe, you know, there is very gentle kind of hole play or, you know, kind of that that they're rimming you. So I just I just kind of want to open your mind to like the possibilities that while I totally want us to do it together, like maybe there are kind of small things that you can do in the meanwhile that kind of make you a little bit more comfortable with with that. Um, yeah true fact and then maybe i will definitely uh will definitely consider those things as, as it go as it comes along yeah think about it um, um yeah good <laughs> i love how we both work in media because we we're both ready to like jump in and do the next question right um so if you were to give advice to a non-disabled dude who maybe wants to fuck their hot disabled friend for the first time or a, just another disabled queer guy that wants to fuck another or no an able-bodied queer guy that wants to fuck a disabled dude, like what, what advice would you give to them? Well, I think foremost, uh, I kind of just want to tell her like, stop being so fucking ableist. Uh, like I think, and, and you and I've talked about this, I think in, in the episode 180, um, where I think a lot of able-bodied gay men will not, or queer men will not uh, engage a disabled person because of sort of a instinctive fear of ignorance where they think, oh, I'm going to say or do something that's going to offend this person and I don't want to hurt them or be offensive. Um, or they're so used to kind of, you know, media effect of either desexualizing people with disabilities or being them being infantilized that they're sort of like, oh, they're not really sexy. And so they end up kind of just regarding them with a mixture of like 
you know, warm pity the same way you would with like, you know, like a, a, a puppy with three legs or some bullshit. Um, and so I, you know, I just, I just want to encourage people like take, take the fucking plunge and like, you know, hit, hit on a disabled person. Um, I, I know with at first, consent and love and respect first. with consent and love and respect and all that. And, and yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think I worried. I, and I told Andrew, this, this might even be an episode 180 that like, I felt like I was kind of sort of fetishizing your disability and that you were sort of like, Hey, you know what, to a certain degree, I'm okay with it. You were like, as long as you're respecting me and not being like completely shitty about it, you were like, yeah, it's like, okay. It's okay to a degree to do that. And I say this so much on this show to different guests, to everybody. I feel like fetishizing, there's a line, there's a real line and there needs to be a conversation with the other person. And it, because, and I told you multiple times with a phone, I was like, I'm going to fetishize myself and I want you to play that game with me. And I want you to call me a dirty little cripple and like be, inappropriate because i want to get i want to bring you into that world in a fun comfortable way and that's okay but like i think the line is drawn if if we were fucking around and you were like um you said something like i don't know like you can't move can you fucking gimp or like something you know weird like that i mean if you did that i would laugh at you but if you had done something where it was dehumanizing to me then I would have been like, whoa, whoa, let's have a conversation. Well, I, th- I think that's I think that's the other thing, though, is, is that while I'm kind of telling able-bodied queer men, to, you know, just jump into it, you know, and like, don't, don't be afraid about hitting on a guy with a disability. At the same time, like, there's this kind of thing that like, one, I don't think that you should treat them like a 101. Like, they're not there to be your kind of educational experience. Like, like there's actually a real person behind that. Um, and, and that real person doesn't want to have their disability necessarily like brought up in every fucking conversation so for example there was this deaf there was a deaf guy uh that you know i i that i was i was hitting on and that we, we we became friends and kind of fuck buddies or whatever um and i would send him articles about you know deaf culture and i would send him articles that, things i found about kind of films about handicapped people and like whatever and he was just like daniel like i'm more than just like deaf and like you know d- well disabled. it's funny because when you and i first met and we went we didn't realize we both loved horror you would send me every article that had the word disability in it would be like, look at her, look. I'd be like, okay, cool. Right. You know, and then some of it can be re-traumatizing because it's like, look, another, another abuse case. And a thing about you, like a thing, it has you in it. So no, no. So, I mean, my advice to uh, to queer able-bodied men that want to fuck that hot cripple they see on Scruff or they see in the places is be afraid, but be honest about what you're afraid about. Like you and I had extensive conversations over the phone about and I what I think I asked you point blank at one point like what about this scares you go and we talked about it quite openly but but we had to build up to that I mean truth be told is I think we had to kind of discuss like you know what what are our lives like you know what things are we into so I mean I, I think I think while it's okay to be curious and it's okay to kind of respectfully be like hey can I ask some questions or whatever like I said don't treat them like a one-on-one and like also find the points of commonality you have uh beyond, outside of yeah I mean, it took us a while to get that, to be honest. Like, actually, most of me and Andrew's text messages were just like, hey, how are you doing? How's the podcast? How are your other work crap? How uh, is life for you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and it actually took me a while to kind of be like, hey, man, part of the reason that we actually don't, our text message exchanges have gotten kind of stale and boring uh, is that we don't really have anything else to talk about beyond the fact that we want to have sex with each other uh, or beyond the fact, you know, that like what we're doing on a day to day basis, which doesn't really change all that often. And so, like, you know, I, I would I would give this advice to disabled people, too, is, is that, you know, like apart from the, the disability and that being something that you regard and, and, and factor into your conversations, 
um really find those points of connection as well you like horror i like horror too oh you're into sports what sports you know like whatever what are um, sports bitch no uh, yeah. actually yes though i'm not even not kidding i would love that next time next time um i'm a kinky fucking cribble uh <laughs> so yeah anyway so i i think those are two initial things um uh you know, but 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 I but I do think there's this kind of barrier. I mean, like like you've actually made me want to write a little bit more about this experience um, to kind of break down Ooh, some of these stereotypes. LGBTQ nation, perhaps. You know, um, but but because when you and I've talked about this, we're like we don't see people with disabilities in pornography. Uh, we don't see them in our queer spaces because often they're inaccessible. Uh, we don't see them in media. Uh, and so it's kind of hidden away or, and when it, we do see it, it's really kind of dumbed down and turned into inspiration porn. And so like, I really kind of want to help uh, normalize or like, you know, make, make, make more common this idea. That it's like, it, it's not really as arcane in this weird experience. It's going to be, you know, that has to be this big deal. Like, you know, it's sort of like, this is another person who wants to bang and, and, and that you should recognize that you've actually been actively biased by culture against them you've actually been told to fear them you've actually been told to hide them away and shove them to the margins and like fuck that like we've been doing that for too goddamn long and like a really radically progressive inclusive queer realizes that and makes space for and actively seeks out opportunities i think to welcome and 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 and, and to put people in, in, into that world i've learned so much just by being friends with you. Uh, I've learned so much by having sex with you. Uh, I've, I, I, and I continue to learn a lot more about, you know, what, what, what does that mean, you know, to, to have, you know, issues of accessibility or ableism or things like that, like, like, and, and it's helped me improve my relationships with all sorts of people, uh, you know, uh, who are kind of pushed to the margins or, or who feel othered or, 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 you know, who kind of lack access in the same ways that, that I, and my other able-bodied friends do. Uh, so I just mean to say, is it like, it's been a really, really enriching and kind of very fucking cool experience that hasn't been an after school special and hasn't been a pity party and hasn't been like this overwrought bullshit. It might have been an after school special on like HBO Max um, because, you know, if if because we like got right to it. So, yeah, if, if I was watching HBO Max, then maybe it would or like out TV, maybe it would be the perfect after school special for that channel. But you wouldn't see it on like ABC Family. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also liked doing I liked doing this this kind of stuff a lot too because we hear if we do talk about sex and disability, if we do, we usually hear from the disabled person telling about their experience and telling about ableism. And I talk a lot about about the ableism that I've experienced from one side. But it was really nice to sit down with you and hear the other side and hear some of how a non-disabled lover of a disabled person felt about the experience and i just think it was really fun to do that yeah no i i i've really appreciated the opportunity uh for all of it you know and and i mean didn't we say there was gonna be a part three of fuck andrew Gerd? what is that supposed to cover i mean maybe we should uh, i mean i guess you have to come visit me again and we'll figure out what that is i don't know <laughs> maybe part three is taking my virginity away i don't know like, what that'll be Ooh, adventures in hole touching I, I wow can, i like I, that i could be down for that adventures in gym sitting <laughs> here for it um but this was so much fun i think i all of my questions are done is there anything that you want to say that you haven't said yet no i, I feel like i feel like we kind of covered we ran the gamut to be honest yeah it was it was a good time um how can the people who are listening if they want to follow you and support you because they know that you've 
fucked the hottest disabled queer person in the world. How can they <laughs> get a hold of you and follow your work? Uh, so uh, you can go to my professional website, which is uh, danielvillarealrights.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-V-I-L-L-A-R-R-E-A-L-W-R-I-T-E-S.com. Uh, that's my portfolio and there's a contact email and other stuff. Uh, you know, I also do, I also am a ordained uh, minister who can, you know, do uh, uh, weddings and, and funerals and all manner of religious ceremony. Uh, and uh, I also do some kind of writing coaching and ghostwriting and crap like that. So you can find me there. It also has some of my video clips and podcast prepared. I didn't realize I was fucking a man of the cloth. Yes. Yes. You have violated a holy man. So, well wow. Done. I well, have seen the whole of a holy man. Yeah. Um <laughs> This is so fun. Daniel yeah. Villarreal, my friend. Daniel Villarreal. Um, thank you for coming on and for joining me for Fuck Andrew Grizzle Part 2 on Disability After Dark. Yeah, uh, thanks so much. And uh, I'll see you on uh, Fuck Andrew Grizzle Part 3, uh, Adventures in Gimp City. Adventures in Virginality. Virginality. Um, okay, well, thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark from me, your Disabled Daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Gerza underscore, or you can follow my website www.andrewgerza.com to find out more about what I do. And of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early and completely ad-free by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, or you can send us an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a minisode, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, presented, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including audio recordings, graphics, and music, cannot be used or distributed without express permission by the owner, Andrew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. If you would like to use any part of the podcast for your use in a classroom or in any other setting, please consider emailing me at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright Notice 2022